Before we begin today's message, I want us to think about this question. What do you miss? What do you miss doing? What was a fun pastime or recreation you used to do fairly often that you are unable to do these past several months? During this time of COVID, we have become acutely limited in our recreational activities. While people are slowly getting back into socializing uh, and recreational activities like golfing, tennis, or some sort of outdoor activity, most recreational activities are still very much limited, um, like indoor gyms, uh, indoor basketball courts, or kids' playgrounds. And since we are so limited in activities, a good pastime to do right now is creative activities. Okay, maybe you don't consider yourself an artist or a creative person, but you are. Every human being is a creative human being. Every human being is an artist. And because we are so limited in recreational activities, I, for me personally, like creative activities uh, have been so life-giving. Now, I was thinking about that word recreation, okay? A lot of the activities that we do are called recreation. And that word is really weird. It's kind of an interesting word. Uh, it's weird because of the way that we pronounce it in English. Recreation. If you break down the word, it actually says recreation. Recreation. But for some reason, we call it recreation. I don't know why, right? Uh, but the technical term, uh, the dictionary definition of recreation is refreshment by means of some pastime, agreeable exercise or activity. But a secondary definition of recreation is the act of creating anew. That's probably a definition you might not expect with the word recreation, right? The act of creating anew. So creating, doing creative activities is in many ways a form of recreation. And a great passage to look at when we're studying recreation is probably an obvious one, is uh, the book of Genesis chapter 1. Starting at the very, very beginning. All right, Genesis 1, verse 1, says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, and um, I'm not going to read all of chapter 1. You know, read it at your own time because it is long. Okay, but I want to skip down to verse 27. Okay. So God created humankind in his own likeness. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created humankind in his own likeness. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, the reason there's a specific reason why I'm reading only these two verses for today, all right? 
I never noticed this before this week when I was kind of preparing for this message. But the very first verb that ever appears in the entire Bible is the word here that we just read in verse 1, which is create. In the beginning, no verb yet, okay? God created the heavens and the earth. The very first verb that we see in the whole Bible, in this whole book, is found in verse 1 when it said that God created the heavens and the earth. The very first word, the very first verb that we see in the entire scriptures is create. That's pretty amazing if you think about it, okay? And uh, fast forward uh, millions and millions of years, uh, where God created the entire universe. Now, I don't care uh, whether you take this passage literally where you think God created the entire universe in seven literal days. Um, personally, I don't, all right? I think this is a creation account of like millions and millions and millions of years. Um, but it, it almost doesn't matter, okay? It almost doesn't matter whether you believe it like a day represents eons or a literal 24-hour day. If you do believe the literal 24-hour day, you could talk to me afterwards, all right? Um, meet me in my classroom. But um, fast forward through all of that, where God created the stars and the moons and the planets and the sun and all of the animals. And then the very last thing that God created, the piece de resistance, is humankind, man and woman. And God created humankind in his own likeness, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, just as God is creator, all right, humankind is created in God's likeness, in his image. Okay, and, and when we're talking about like God's image, it's not talking about his physical appearance. It's talking about his characteristics, his attributes, all right, his qualities. And God created humankind's us in his likeness in his image and because god is creator human beings are creators every single one of us okay every single male and female every single person in this world is a creator if because we are all created in god's likeness god gave humanity okay two responsibilities all right in in genesis 1 uh god God gave uh, hum human humankind two responsibilities. Be fruitful and multiply. All right, that's the first one, which means create babies, <laughs> make babies. All right. And also the other responsibility uh, that God gave uh, humankind in Genesis 1 is name all the animals. Name all the animals. Create names. And so the very first two responsibilities that God gave humankind is create babies <laughs> make babies get busy and uh <laughs> and create names name the animals that must have been a fun job all right naming all the animals i'm gonna call that one giraffe i'm gonna call that one hippo Ooh, that animal's eating an ant i'm gonna call that one ant eater whatever it is okay um so the God creating human beings, that's kind of like the, 
the crescendo of the beautiful symphony of creation that God was composing, all right? And then even though uh, the creation accounts um, is seven days long, the seventh day, God rested, all right? So he was resting, okay? And, and so that was kind of like a passive day of creation, all right? And so the, the last act that God performed in his creation account is he created humankind, okay? He created humankind. So even though chapter 1 goes extends after verse 27, really the creation account, the active creation account ends with verse 27. And if you look carefully, the very last verb in verse 27 is create. Okay, male and female, God created them. And so this creation account is kind of like bookmarked with this verb, this word, create. The very first verb in all of scripture is create. And the very last verb in the creation account is create. I'm sharing all this with you because creating is a very, very integral part of our spirituality. It is a very, very important piece to us as human beings being made in God's likeness. Now, somewhere along the way, uh, we've kind of like lost sight of that. And I don't know exactly when creativity was kind of neglected uh, with us human beings, but I, I sense that more and more as we become more industrialized, as we become more modern, okay, and as we are entering into the future, this quality is kind of neglected and, and um, kind of uh, overshadowed by a lot of other things that's happening in the world. And for some reason, maybe, I don't know if it has to do with internet or technology, but the more and more we as human beings become dependent on the internet and technology, I feel like we become less and less creative. And it really is to our detriment, okay? And it really is uh, unfortunate that it's become like this because creativity has a lot of wonderful, wonderful benefits. Okay, and today I'm just going to share with you three wonderful benefits of creativity. All right, first, creativity helps us heal. Creativity helps us heal. The wonderful, famous artist Pablo Picasso, Pablo Picasso said this, Art washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life. Oh, I love that quote. Art washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life. There is a relatively new career that is growing in popularity these days, and it is the career of an art therapist. Art therapy, I mean, technically, if you really think about it, art therapy has existed for, uh, since human beings have been around, since like cavemen were drawing on walls okay that was probably a form of ancient art therapy if you think about it but um that 
kind of career as an art therapist where someone is like getting paid to help oversee their client um, perform art and as they are performing art as they are putting something together or creating something uh, they do therapy with them okay so t uh, most of the time they are licensed marriage and family therapists but they're also uh, artists and so they, they have to have a very um, unique uh, niche in this in order to do well in this career anyways so the definition of art therapy a very very simple definition I found for art therapy is expressing oneself through art for the purpose of emotional mental and spiritual health expressing oneself through art for the purpose of emotional mental and spiritual health Art therapy naturally helps clients feel safe um, because art is an easy segue into therapy. Recently, I came across some YouTube videos of mandala sand art, and it comes from this ancient Tibetan Buddhist practice of making this, these wonderful uh, artworks with colored sand. And they spend days, um, usually, making these wonderful, beautiful, elaborate, and detailed uh, art. And at the very end of it, after days of making it, um, they usually sing a song and they dismantle it um, in, a, in a very intentional way. And as they are making this art, you know, spending days and days making this art, uh, they pray that they would be a container of blessing, power, and well-being. And even though, you know, this is a Buddhist practice, I think there's a lot that we can learn from other spiritual practices like Buddhism. And it just goes to show the power of creativity. And so when we ourselves engage with creative activities, we, we might not even realize it, but it, it, it is a form of release. Recently, uh, my son and I, uh, we've been like coloring together um, again, or not not again, like I've been coloring. I, I used to really enjoy coloring books uh, as an adult, and um, I don't know why, but I kind of just like stopped. For, for whatever reason, I just like stopped coloring books. But as I've been doing it more and more, uh, it's been so... Um, it's been so healing, and... Uh, I can't really express why, but after I color, um, either by myself or with my son, um, I just feel lighter. And I've kind of struggled with anxiety and depression for most of my life. And so a lot of times I, I carry pain with me. I don't, and there, there could be nothing going wrong, okay? Like my life could be great and everything's going well and my family's wonderful and you know like church stuff is fine you know and um but for whatever reason like i just carry a lot of pain with me but after i color for like an hour or two like i just i just feel lighter i just i just feel less burdened for some reason and i can't really <laughs> explain why okay I wish I could be uh, explain this to you a little bit better, but I, I, I have a sense that a lot of the science behind art therapy is what's happening like when I'm just like coloring uh, in my coloring book. The other benefit of creativity is this. 
is that creativity makes us whole. Creativity makes us more whole as human beings. The great poet Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Ooh, that's good, right? What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. I want us to wrestle with this question just for a little bit, okay? Is art necessary? Is art necessary? Last week, we lost another gifted, uh, talented artist, uh, Chadwick Boseman, a wonderful actor. He's most famous for playing the superhero Black Panther, which was awesome. But uh, he played some other iconic historical figures as well, like James Brown. He was wonderful in Get On Up. And he also played uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Thurgood Marshall, uh, which was really a, a, a dream role of his uh, to play someone so historic like that. But my personal favorite movie that he was in was 42, where he played Jackie Robinson because um, I'm a Dodgers fan, but also he just portrayed him really, really beautifully. You see, oftentimes people might think that art is not necessary until something tragic happens. When we lose a wonderful artist who is at the prime of his or her career, uh, like Chad, Chadwick Boseman, like the rapper Tupac Shakur, like the artist Jean-Michel Basquiat, the entire world sighs a sigh of grief for these losses. Moments like these are when we realize that art and creativity are not optional. For human beings, creativity for our spirits is like air for our lungs or water for our thirsty bodies. Let's take um, poems, for example, okay? For some people, the only times in their lives that they hear or read poems are life milestones like a graduation, a wedding, or a funeral. Landmark moments like these, uh, simple prose does not seem adequate. Prose just does not capture the emotive significance of these events. Poetry is the only form of words that can do these moments any real justice. As I was thinking about this um, topic of creative faith, I was reminded of um, a job that I had just for uh, like half a year last year. Last year, uh, I had the unique opportunity to serve part-time as a chaplain for a hospice. It was short-lived because uh, I actually was working three part-time jobs. I was pastoring here at Church, and I was like serving at another church part-time and then this chaplaincy job, which was like three part-time jobs. And it, it was a lot. It was a little too much. But 
for these like uh, five or six months, I got to serve as a chaplain for this hospice, and it was a really, really enlightening and interesting experience. Uh, I'll give you one example, okay, um, of how how it works at a hospice. When the hospice would get a new patient or a new client. Uh, who is typically located uh, in their home or an assisted living facility or a skilled nurse facility, uh, I would have to call their family or their primary contact and ask if their, their loved one or their primary contact would like to receive spiritual care from the chaplain, which was me. And to be honest with you, only about half of the families would request spiritual care. The other half didn't really think it was necessary, okay? And so, um, you know, at first I kind of took that personally when like people would like reject my offer. You know, they don't have to pay any extra, okay? It, this kind of comes with like the services of a hospice, but whatever, okay? Um, I try not to take it personally. However, there was this um, music therapist that was on staff uh, with this hospice, okay? And almost everybody requested to see this music therapist. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, like, why is everyone want, requesting to see her and only like half of them are requesting to see me? And I didn't, I didn't get it, you know? And so I was kind of hurt by that, right? And uh, I didn't get it, you know? Uh, for the first month I was there, you know, I, I didn't really uh, get it. That was until I actually got to see what she did, okay? Uh, there was this one time I went to go see a, a patient and it was right when she was wrapping up with this patient and um, I got to see what she did with these patients and it was so beautiful, it was so wonderful. She would typically visit each client or patient with a guitar or a ukulele or a, a, like a mini keyboard and she would bring with her uh, some sort of simple percussion instrument like maracas or like Bong, little bongos or even a little triangle and these patients again this is a hospice right so most of the clients are much older or maybe they have like very limited body function or maybe they have like Alzheimer's or something right and so uh, they're somewhat limited to what they could do but music was so accessible for almost everyone right and, and, and because they get to participate and like make music together, um, you know, even though the music therapist was doing most of the work, right? The, most of the work in making the music, it was so like beautiful to see their faces light up. And it was almost like they were little children again. Even if they were like 80 or 90 years old, it was like they were little children like shaking these like maracas or like playing these bongos. It was so beautiful. And there's something about creativity that just makes us feel like little kids, right? Creative, uh, creativity, uh, it, it has to be fun. It has to be enjoyable because as we are doing these creative acts, uh, like for me, as it's uh, coloring or maybe when I'm like singing and, and playing guitar, uh, there's this kind of like release that happens, right? And I just feel lighter. And there's something about creativity that just makes us feel like children because all children are creative. All children are creative, which is proves the point, which proves the point that creativity 
is something that is in our DNA as human beings. As we get older, uh, for whatever reason, creativity is kind of like snuffed out and it's um, suffocated and it's not upheld or valued as much as other qualities. But creativity is something that's really in our DNA and, 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 it, and we never lose it as we get older. We never lose it. We just stop doing it. And because we stop doing it, we're less happy. We're more irritable. We get easily angry. <laughs> and lately, uh, in, in, in schools, for example, um, creativity has been devalued in schools over the last few decades, okay? And other more uh, hard academics like math or writing or history or the sciences has been emphasized, right? And art has been de-emphasized. And it's a shame because there are so many psychological and developmental benefits to creativity and art. Like, uh, like it helps children focus, right? And it also helps children become more critical thinkers. It helps with self-reflection. It helps them build patience and resilience. And uh, it helps with evaluating and analyzing. And it helps uh, most obviously uh, with original thinking creative original thinking and, and that's just working uh, individually with art okay uh, working collectively with other students and other kids uh, in art helps uh, with what which is probably the most obvious which is teamwork okay but it also helps with communication it helps build a sense of responsibility and responsiveness uh, and it helps understand diverse perspectives um, it helps with giving and receiving critical feedback and there are all these wonderful benefits to art and creativity that we've kind of uh, lost over the years. Creativity helps us become childlike and actually being childlike is so important to our faith. And you probably remember like Jesus saying uh, in order for us to become like strong disciples, we have to become like children, right? In order to understand and know what the kingdom of heaven is like, we must have faith like little children. A few weeks ago, our church held a wonderful webinar called Self-Care Sunday uh, with my current therapist, Dr. Carrie Ann Horn. And I, I don't want to delve too much into that if, if you want to learn more about that just watch the webinar on our website but one of the things that we spent a big chunk of time talking about was connecting with our inner child right and allowing our inner child to have a voice and one of the reasons why this is so important is because when we connect with our inner child we connect with our deepest most intimate feelings and we know why we're feeling and what we're feeling and why we feel these things. And when we don't connect with our inner child, our subconscious kind of like overpowers us and controls what we do. And we don't even realize it. That's why it's called our subconscious. And when we are engaging in these like creative acts, uh, even when we're alone, we're actually never truly alone creatives artists entrepreneurs musicians they spend countless hours in solitude 
when they are creating something new. And when they are in solitude, they're not really alone. They are communing with God, whether they know it or not. And they become like this vessel where God's Spirit and the creativity of the Holy Spirit can just flow through them. Exodus chapter 35, verse 35 says this, God has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Everyone, everyone has a special ability, skill, or gift, unique, different, and useful. Okay, I want to read that last part again. Everyone has a special ability, skill, or gift. Unique, different, and useful. It also says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Do not neglect your gift. Do not neglect your gift. Everyone has a special ability, skill, or gift. Unique, different, and useful. Therefore, we should not neglect our gift. And as we engage in creative activities more and more, uh, creative, uh, creativity helps us heal, creativity makes us whole, but ultimately creativity also helps us help others. Creativity helps us help others. Um, as I mentioned in the announcements earlier, uh, in a couple weeks we'll have a, a wonderful opportunity to learn from a colleague of mine, artist, poet, and educator Dia Jenkins on the benefits of creative living. And she recommended to me uh, a book that I should read uh, to prepare for our workshop together, which is um, that book right there. It's called The Artist Way, and the artist's name is uh, Julia Cameron. She's an artist, she's an art teacher, and she's an author, obviously, because she wrote that book. And when she shared the story of when someone asked her, how can you teach creativity? Julia Cameron simply replied, I can't teach creativity. I teach people to let themselves be creative. <laughs> she said, I can't teach creativity. I teach people to let themselves be creative. What she is ultimately saying is, everyone is creative. Everyone is an artist. I want to share with you one last Bible verse um, as we wrap up soon. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, there are a couple things I wanted to fo uh, focus on in um, this verse. That word uh, handiwork is also translated in a couple different ways in different versions of the Bible. Okay, uh, It can be translated as handiwork, or uh, workmanship, or uh, craftsmanship. Like when you think of an artist or, or a craftsperson who is just really gifted at what he or she does, um, and that piece of uh, work that he or she like puts the time and energy 
and effort into creating that is like all of us okay we are god's handiwork his craftsmanship his kind of a masterpiece now the original language in the new testament which uh, the book of ephesians is from uh, is greek okay uh, the ancient language of greek and the word here for handiwork is the word poema in greek that's a beautiful word poema and that's actually where we get the word poem from you are god's poem isn't that beautiful god calls you his poema his poem his craftsmanship his masterpiece now the big question is do you believe that you are god's poema do you believe that you are God's poema? If you don't, please talk to me, okay? And, and I will gladly tell you that you are God's poema, his masterpiece, his craftsmanship, his poetry. But if you do believe that you are God's poema, then you have to know that you, like God, you are a creator. And when I think about the, the arc of God's story, okay, how God created the universe um, in Genesis 1, and there's a story of God and the Israelites, and um, ultimately God had to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come, come down to earth and experience all the difficult things that human beings experience, like loneliness abandonment, physical pain, uh, fear, and um, anger, all of these things, right? And, and ultimately, God had, had to experience death through His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. The great Creator died on the cross. Why? Why did the great Creator have to experience death well there are two overly simplistic answers to this first jesus came to restore the earth the earth is god's beautiful creation his artwork but it was ravaged and ruined due to abuse and neglect of our wonderful planet mostly in part because of human beings our inability and our um, disobedience to be good stewards and caretakers of the world uh, and worse still human beings are God's masterpiece his workmanship his his craftsmanship his poema and as a result of sin human beings were ruined and cut off from God and so Jesus came down lived the perfect life and experienced death on the cross and resurrected from the dead ultimately to give us humanity new life in him but in many ways god wanted to experience what it's like to be a human being loneliness pain death all of it right and this may sound strange uh to hear but i truly believe that god wanted to experience our pain not in this kind of like masochistic way 
okay, but in an empathetic way. Because unless you've literally felt the pain that another person has gone through, their pain is only theoretical or ideological at best, right? Like, I'm never gonna know what giving birth is like, okay? Uh, and even though I was next to my wife when she gave birth to our two children twice, um, I can't say like, oh, I know what that's like, <laughs> okay? I could only kind of imagine like, oh, that seems pretty, <laughs> that seems pretty hard, <laughs> okay? So like, because God loves us that much, he wanted to experience our pain, okay? And pain begets empathy. Pain begets empathy. Just experiencing hardship doesn't beget uh, pain, okay? Um, because hardship is kind of like relative to different people, okay? But pain, it begets empathy. When we experience the pain that someone else experiences, we, without a doubt, like we can empathize with their pain, right? And it is important not to ignore this pain or run away from it because it signals how to heal. When we lament well, okay, it signals us how to heal. When life is difficult, lamenting is not only okay, it is good. It is good to lament. And I don't want to talk about this too much because we actually talked about it last month when we talked about good lament. Uh, but when life is difficult and you uh, lament, well, there's actually a healing that comes in that, okay? And when you don't lament, uh, you eventually become kind of bitter, callous, or angry. And a big part of the reason why the great creator experienced death is because he wanted to heal a broken world. He wanted to make us whole. And he wanted us to follow his example of helping others. Creativity, very much like the great creator, helps us heal it helps make us whole, and it helps us help others. And so how can you be more creative in your own life? Um, well, I definitely can't like tell you what to do, but I can make a few suggestions. One is journal a few times a week, okay? Uh, just get a journal, write prayers, write your own form of poetry, uh, draw whatever it is okay just journal a few times a week okay and one of the things that I like to do in my journal is to like channel God's words for me and I just like write it down and the way I do this is like I, I don't overthink it I just uh, kind of um, try to be a vessel for how God wants to speak to me and through me and so I, I just write down God's thoughts or God's words to me like in my journal and uh, it has to be uh, like a paper, okay? <laughs> like good old-fashioned pen and paper, okay? Don't journal in your notebook or, I mean, um, in your uh, computer um, or your phone because there's just like too many distractions that come with that, okay? Like pen and paper journal, okay? That's suggestion number one. Suggestion number two is do something creative, whatever it is, okay? Do something creative at least once a week. Color in a coloring book. All right, <laughs> write poetry, even if it's horrible, write poetry, okay? Uh, learn or relearn an instrument. Cook from scratch more often, okay? Cook from scratch more often. 
my daughter made a grilled cheese sandwich that was like amazing <laughs> a few days ago she got this wonderful sourdough bread that we got from the farmer's market she put a slice of cheddar and provolone cheese two slices of cheese and like cooked it in a cast iron skillet with butter mm, it was awesome it was like a beautiful piece of art <laughs> okay cook from scratch more often all right that's suggestion number two okay do something creative at least once a week suggestion number three is find creativity in your job okay maybe you don't think of your job as being creative okay but if you if you uh, get creative with it you can find creativity in your job okay it could be like um, you're an accountant or something all right and um, accountant isn't very uh, a lot of people might not think of it as something creative but if you think about it like you're taking this mess of numbers that's all jumbled up uh, and you're organizing it and you're creating order to it okay and so um, you might not even like do anything different in your job or in your work uh, or at school but like just having that kind of mentality like hey I am being creative with my work um, that could actually be very fulfilling for you um, to wrap up okay in proper form okay I wanted to share with you a poem and I've been reading from this book a lot if you're a part of our church you've noticed that like um, I've been sharing uh, blessings from this book uh, pretty often um, it's called uh, oh, the lights kind of bright okay to bless the space between us um, and it's a it's a book of various blessings from this uh, author who practices like uh, Celtic spirituality and so I wanted to close for us today from um, the blessing that he has for the artist may morning be austere with the harvest of night your mind quickening to the eros of a new question your eyes seduced by some unintended glimpse that cut right through the surface to the to a source. May this be a morning of innocent beginning when the gift within you slips clear of the sticky web of the personal with its hurts and its hauntings and fixed fortress corners. A morning when you become a pure vessel for what wants to ascend from silence. May your imagination know the grace of perfect danger to reach beyond imitation and wheel of repetition. Deep into the call of all, the unfinished and unsolved, until the veil of the unknown yields and something original begins to stir toward your senses and grow stronger in your heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being the great creator that you are. And because we human beings are created in your likeness, in your image, we all are creators in our own ways. We are creative beings. And just as you have sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to heal this creation that has been broken, to make us human beings whole, Lord, help us to follow in Jesus' footsteps and example of helping to heal others and helping to uh, point others in your direction so that they may become whole.
and so that they may find you and so that they may in like in turn uh, turn towards you and live a life connected with you or we thank you for the moments of creativity that we get to experience in this very very difficult time that we're living in right now or we thank you for moments of connection that we get to have with those whom we love and we thank you for continued community uh, being able to meet online and in creative ways that uh, we never thought we had to a year ago um, Lord, just thank you for providing for us in so many ways. Uh, but especially, thank you for giving us a spirit of creativity and a faith of creativity. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right. Have a blessed week, everybody.